PR Connections Radio presents Good afternoon. Welcome back to to Cozy Up and Pay Attention, the parent edition. It is Tuesday. It is two o'clock straight up. That's why you're looking at my face. We have another wonderful parent who has done parents, but one of the two. And it's done a fabulous job in giving us responsible adults for our society. And if you would kindly take a deep breath and let it out slow, we'll be right back. Cozy Stone is a multi-talented comedian extraordinaire who has a real lust for life. She also combines humor and motivation, where she is known as a humorvational speaker. Her youthful ways and positive light make her a beacon for those of all ages. Cozy has lived a remarkable life that has paved the way for so many. She had the longest-running open mic venue of 11 years at Tommy Rockers in Vegas, called Cozy's Comedy Corner, through which she introduced many up-and-coming comedians. Before going into comedy, she was one of the first female personal trainers and one of the top fitness trainers in the world. She has trained many greats such as Billie Jean King, Roberta Flack, Andrew Young, Ed Bradley, CCH Pounder, Al Pacino, and Earl Monroe. As a former competitive bodybuilder, she also owned a bodybuilding gym for women over 40 in Los Angeles for several years. She has worked in top positions for HBO, Playboy, and Tony Robbins. She also enjoys volunteer work, dedicating time to the New York Foundling Hospital and Babies with AIDS. Cozy Stone has a message that shouldn't be missed. All right, Dana, please bring me my wonderful guest for the day, Ms. Sarah Smith. Hi, Cozy. Head pickleball referee. <laughs> Las Vegas. Let's let's promote our favorite sport in the whole wide world right now. How are you, sweetie? I am doing very well. I've been busy uh, doing a little traveling, refereeing. Um, just came back from Texas last week. Had a great time, and yeah, keep it going. This is, and this is the first time uh, I've ever seen you without your little white hat on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Her <laughs> sunglasses. And Sarah, before we get started, I always like to say to my audience, uh, this show is about uh, presenting parents, marketing, celebrating you parents who have done your job. We know that there are plenty of books on the shelf about parenting, but none are specific to the practices that you need for the DNA inside of your child. We also know that uh, there's no such thing as a perfect parent, and the show has nothing, it will never have anything to do with parent shaming. If anything, we can offer some advice and some words of wisdom to some young people or old people who said, oh, well, that works, let me try it, right? So right. what we want to do is to give the audience uh, some background of where your, where your beginnings, your humble beginnings. Where were your parents, uh, what part of the country were they from, how old were they when they met, and how old was your mom when she had her first show? Well, I am from 
uh, West Texas. I was born in Kermit, Texas, which is just... Um, Where were your parents born and raised? Okay. Well, I apologize. My yeah. parents were born in East Texas. Okay. And they were um, came from a small farming community. Uh, so they did a lot of sharecropping and picking pick cotton and all that kind of stuff. And I was born when they were both uh, in their early 40s. And I was number three of possibly seven children mm -hmm. um, because we there's only four of us that were that I grew up with, but three mm -hmm. apparently were uh, stillbirths or miscarriages or, you know, they don't tell you much about, especially about black folks right. back in that time. Right. Okay. So it sounds like your parents were mature adults when they had, when they started having a family. Is that, is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. They had been out living by themselves for quite a while before we were do you, born. Do you, do you know how old your mom was when she had her first child? I do not know that. Okay. All right. That's not, that's not important. So you were, you were raised on a farm. No, I was not raised there. Okay. They, they that's where they were born. And well, then they moved to East Tech, to West Texas, okay. where I was born in a, a city, a small city, um, just east of Odessa Midland. Um, and very, very small place. But I was born there. My sister was born a few miles uh, east of that. And then my two siblings were born there in Odessa, Texas. And that's where I grew up. Where did you meet the father of your child and how old were you when you had your first child? Well, I was 19 when I had my first child. I met my boyfriend, her father, um, when I was 17, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're growing up, you know each other, you're right there in the same town. But as far as us kind of making a, a true connection, I was probably 16 and a half, 17 at the, at the latest. And um, I was a teenager. And it is that the, the man you're with today? It, it happily, it is not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me. So you have two kids, and the first one is with this this teenager, correct? Yes, that is correct. And how long were did you did you ever live together? No, we did not. Okay. We so did not. You are teenage pregnant and still living at home with your parents. With my father. Right. So he yeah. went his way. Right. I, I sent him his way. You sent him his way and you took on the responsibility, you and your dad or your support group, of raising yes. your child. That's correct. All right. While I was cool. going to college. Wow. All right. So I always like to ask, this is what young girls, this is even what older women do. When you met this gentleman, I understand you were childhood uh, uh, friends or neighbors. Mm -hmm. But even when you saw him, was it his, this is... Uh, you probably, I know the answer. His brains, <laughs> here we go. No. His brains, <laughs> or his beauty. In other words, his looks. The, the, yeah, the looks, the mannerisms. You know, he was kind of suave. Um, that great caramel colored, bow legged, 
<laughs> I like bowleg guys. <laughs> I don't know why, but I did. I did. It doesn't and they still and, and they still get my attention to this day, so I don't know what, what the issue is, but it's okay. It's all right. We, we like what we like. We're attractive. And the reason and the reason I asked that question, again, I'm trying to appeal to listeners and those who watch the show, in that um <laughs> it's that 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 initial uh if it's the brains, thank you, Lord. But the beauty and the brawn, they got muscles, they're cute for both legs. That's a momentary flight of fancy. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. But it got you to part your legs, and that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, right? yes. Unfortunately, so, yeah. So Mr. Bowlegs, Mr. Carmel Color, um, uh, created, you, you guys both created uh, an unplanned pregnancy. Mm-hmm. You mentioned your father. Who else was in your support group to help you uh, while you were going to school and continue to raise and to raise um, my aunts um, had aunt my mother's sister my mother had passed away um but my, I had several aunts lots of cousins um they were older mm-hmm. and um my mother's cousins who they were just kind of our our little support group our, and my I, family and, and I want to go backwards for a moment okay a little bit you're you're 17 years old you're young, you don't know what you did, what you do, know what you did, you just didn't understand the outcome. So when you found out you were pregnant, and, and we know this is way before joystick, that's what I'm gonna call that damn thing, stick, right? When you missed your period, okay. you found out, someone had to finally say to you, yes, little girl, you're pregnant. Do you remember, did you feel fear or fantasy? Fear. Yeah, fear mostly because I I knew I would disappoint my my father. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's even when you're young, um, and especially unplanned. Sometimes planned pregnancies. There are women who who think of babies as you know just a little yeah. pink and blue, and and I get to put a little. I, I, even at seventeen, you could have had those thoughts. But then there's the other parents from where you where you're raising that understood. Oh, I've messed up and my parents are going to be, I'm going yeah. to embarrass them. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter because what we do from here is, again, is that lemon lemonade scenario. So you told me about the support. You didn't raise it with him. So I get into the question that's usually if they were both of you. Let's for a moment now include your husband. Let's bring him into the fold. Okay. How old were you when you met him? Uh, let's see. I was 21. Okay. So you're still young. Yeah. Well, when I became pregnant, I was 19, my 18, that my daughter was born when I was 19. And then I, like three years later, it's when I met my husband. That you're with today. Yes. All right. So beauty, bronze, or brain, what was it? Is he bow-legged too? He is not. (laughs) which one it wasn't it wasn't any of that it was just that that it factor it was something but i something that i can't put my finger on to specifically say that was the thing that made the difference it just was 
Well, it sounds like everything that you may have looked for or wanted fell into place. Yes. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so you had, how old were you when you had, you were 20 when you met him. Oh, Dana, I don't know what's wrong. My screen keeps going dark. Uh, you were 20 when you met him. Um, how, how old were you when you got married, when you married him? I met, we met in uh, this, or January of 1975. And we got married in December of this 75. We, okay. Yeah. See, so that, as you said, whatever it was, he had it. And I get yeah. that. Yeah. So unlike the first one, well, similar to the first one, he had characteristics that allowed mm -hmm. him. Now the second baby is a planned child. Yes. Okay. Correct. All right. So that all goes out the window. And then are you still in Texas? No, I was in Washington State, Washington State. After I became pregnant, um, I had these high hopes of being married to my baby's father. And, um, and then soon came to realize that that was not going to work. And, um, and let, me, let me back up a little bit. One of the things I, I talked about fear and disappointment with my father, finding out that I was pregnant. Um, but one of the things that he told me that gave me power and control was you don't have to get married. And because there was a lot of that going on at the time when girls got pregnant in the black community, you got married because you did not want to have a bad reputation in your family. You've got this long history in the church, you know, and shouting hallelujah. And then this child, this girl comes up pregnant, you know, granted there's two sides of that, but that nobody ever fought the guy. It's always the girl. Mm -hmm. And so when he told me that I did not have to get married, that was the best news I could have ever heard. And so I made that choice. And mm -hmm. with giving giving him, him giving me the power to make that decision, and then me uh, allowing me to live a little bit more, experience a little bit more, get to know this guy a little bit more. I soon came to realize that he was not it. It was, yeah. One of the <laughs> one of the reasons, or the primary reason that he told that helped me decide that he was not the person, is he said we were planning on getting married, and we were talking about having more children. You know fantasy and um and it was the summer of the 72 olympics mm -hmm. i remember it specifically <laughs> and um he said that he would he he would just going to be really excited about having kids and in particular he would like to be able to smoke marijuana with his kids and i, went, <laughs> and I just went whoa we're stopping this train right here and I'm getting off. <laughs> when a person tell you, like my Angelou says, it, when they tell you who they are, you believe them. That's right. And that, well, so that was you. a good decision. Good for you for listening and paying attention and, pr and praise your father for not making your life into another mess. Yes, absolutely. Not making your life the mess. The baby's not the mess. Marrying him would have been that. It sure would have been. <laughs> so, so now you're you're married 
to someone you love, someone who's responsible, someone's caring, someone's going to help you raise your first child because now it becomes his child because the kid's, what, three years old? Um, yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So he just checked all the boxes. Yes. And that is, I was talking earlier to the producer. I have a friend, a male friend who wants to do a show with me about the same thing. His project, his perspective and mine as a female on the boxes. There are boxes to be checked. Yes. There are questions to be asked. There are actions to be taken. Uh, we don't get perfect, but doggone it, we can get better than 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 zero. <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> I can do it bad Bob, all by myself. <laughs> okay. okay. So let's, oh, here's here. So now you had your father, uh, your mom was gone, you're raising what are oh I think you just told it. The question is usually what's some words of wisdom? No, what the question is, what are some words of wisdom that your dad gave you and or your mom? Because I don't know how old you are. What are you doing? I just I dropped some paper. Oh, stop that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. What were you doing? No, no. What were some words of wisdom that either your mom or your dad provided to you that you gave to your children? That you have to make your own decisions and whether it's right or wrong, you have to live with that. That was that was one that just still sticks with me. Um, They were all equal in God's eyes. And mistakes will be made but grow, grow through those mistakes and okay. don't repeat them. That was the biggest thing. You can make a mistake, but don't keep doing the same thing. Cause that's of course, it's a sign of crazy. Um, and we don't need that. We don't need any help doing that. Um, and he also said, you don't need a man to take care of you. So he taught me how to do things like change a flat tire, um, change the spark plugs, change the oil know when the car needs a tune-up and all those kinds of things that a lot of guys were being taught by their fathers but my father taught his daughters and well, at least me i don't know if he talked to others of that or not so but um and he and he said treat everybody with respect okay and treat and there's people. a lot there's a lot that he provided that oh yeah so yeah. let's get to your questions and okay questions out of the 40 that you chose for me to ask you uh, did you and your partner, and now we're talking about just your husband, everything now is going to reflect on him. Did you and your partner, your husband, discuss disciplines before uh, you you two had your, your child together? And yes. or while you were raising both of them? What were yes. some of the disciplines that you discussed? That we were going to be, it was going to be a team effort. Okay. Um, we would not... Uh, just make rash decisions. Everything would be a combination of talking. If we got in the position where we had to make a single single, um, uh, decision, we would want to hear that from each other as opposed to it coming around the fence, you know, from someone else. Um, That's kind of what we were, we just decided to work. Everything had to be a te- had to be teamwork. And one of the initial things that we said when we before we got married was that divorce was not an option. Oh, yeah. So we knew whatever came up could be worked out. 
I wonder how many people actually say those words. I think those are good words to say. That's a nice goal, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It <laughs> is. It goal. is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Just let's, get, let's get to the next question. <laughs> okay. So, uh, tell me three important qualities you possessed, not your husband, you possessed before becoming a mother. Um, I was independent. Okay. I was foolishly smart. Okay. And I was honest. Okay. Let's do the next question. I know the answer and you're going to tell me why. Did you attend parent teacher meetings for your children and tell us why that's important? I absolutely did. And it was so necessary because we were in a predominantly white uh, environment for our kids. And I needed to, I needed for those teachers and the, the people in the school system to know that I was responsible and I am always there for my children, whether they make a right decision or a wrong decision. So we just had to, had to make our presence known. Because a lot of times things get missed or brushed over because parents aren't involved. That's right. So that's right. I have real quick, uh, as an aside, I have parents of some family members totally on top of their kids. And they didn't find out until the pandemic. And they lived in the South in that environment. And they didn't find out. Their daughters didn't share with them until the pandemic. And they were home uh, schooling them. How terrible the teachers spoke to them. Oh wow! Never, they never came home and told their parents. And they go, they do the parent-teacher meetings. They talk about, but these little girls didn't know. Um, and that's something maybe parents maybe want to say to the kids: Did anything happen today that you didn't like? Did anyone say anything to you that would make you cry? Is any did the kid push you? So they they're now keeping their kids. They're never sending their kids back to public school. The next oh, wow. question, never. The next question is, um, what C word <laughs> did you practice the most? And give me one. And it's choices, consequences, consistency, or compassion. For my children. Mm -hmm. um, either, either, I take think this one, either take this one of two ways. That's either you gave it to them or you instilled one of this, one of these in them. I, I think it was probably consequences. Okay. Um, because you have to be, have to make, regardless of what kind of decision you make, there is something that's affected that will be impacted by that decision. So there's always a consequences. And it doesn't always have to be negative. A lot of the consequences that you have are positive or good ones, you know, like me going out and learning how to play pickleball, that the consequences were, now i got a mat in front of my front door that says, probably out playing pickleball. <laughs> well, I should do a show on the psychology of pickleball. Oh, but I, <laughs> I, I have figured this game out and it's a lot of psychology that goes with this game. Oh, I'm but sure, we, yes. But moving on, <laughs> uh, your last question, is what did you find, uh, or no, because they grow now, was the hardest thing about parenting? 
watching my children be hurt, mm. feelings hurt, uh, disappointments. And the most challenging part of that was knowing that you can't fix everything, even though you could fix it, but they sometimes they need to get through, through that painful part and learn not to repeat that. So standing back, sometimes it was a very difficult choice to make, but you had to, she's like, you know, I told you you needed to be at home at 10 o'clock and now it's 1130 and where you been? What you been doing? Who you been with? Where'd you go? And here's the consequences for you not following step A, <laughs> being back on that time. So I do have some, some minutes to back, piggyback on this answer you gave. What I'm hearing, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, I would think when you say watching them get hurt, did that mostly come from their uh, peers, uh, their friends? Where else would with that kind of, um, maybe as they got, the teenagers got boyfriends, but our kids get hurt when they're five, six years old and mommy, Timmy wouldn't play with me. Right. Uh, Laura yeah. wouldn't, let me, wouldn't let me play with the rest of them. Where did you find, is that the kind of pain or is there something else? Yeah, that, that's where it started with just those little things when they want to be a part of a group. Yes. And now they're not, you know, they're kind of an outcast or they were the center of attention. Mm -hmm. I've seen that lots of times, center of attention. And then the script gets flipped on them and then it hurts. Right. When, you know, when all your friends decided now they have a best friend, a new best friend who just moved into town or just, you know, whatever as, as kids go. Right. But, the, you know, that's that's where you have as a parent, that's where you have to know where to step in mm -hmm. and help continue to build their self-esteem and not let them get into that. Woe is me. Nobody likes me. Nobody loves me. Nobody wants to do, you know, those kinds of things. Like, uh -uh. No, we're not having that. Right. No, you're still the same person. Right. They have made some choices. Now mm -hmm. this is what it is. This is time for you to spread your wings, find somebody else. Okay. It's time for a new group. Change it up. Now, as a, when, when your daughter, uh, how many daughters? One daughter, one son? One. Yes. So let's take the daughter. When she started dating, um, did you, I guess, because then, you know, parents didn't let us really talk this about stuff. When you watched that she was hurt, did she tell you that this little boy hurt her feelings or did you see it and stand off? What? How do you handle that? Both ways. <laughs> Sometimes you have to, to intervene. Okay. And then there's times when you just kind of have to step back and go, she's going to figure it out. And that's usually when they come and sit and talk to you and, and you know, the, the, the tears and all the anxiety that, you know, John doesn't want to be my friend anymore. I thought he, he, he was going to be my love for the rest of my life. You know, they get all dramatic and stuff like that. Um, and you have to, and you just kind of have to just step back and let that painful period happen. Yes. And then when they recover or as they're recovering, help them process that, that it, this, this too shall pass. And John is gone this week, but you know, Jonathan may be around the corner. So it sounds like you had a pretty open relationship with your kids, because most parents say. Yeah, I think so. I think so. 
right. I'm not going to, I can never say I had one with my mom. I didn't. Uh, it was usually me telling her what I thought. But for me to sit down, oh, God forbid, and talk about a boyfriend with my mother, that would never have gone over well. Yeah. <laughs> why she had daughters if she didn't want the boys to look at me. He's like, Mom, what do you want? I mean, I'm not the ugliest girl in the neighborhood. I got a lot of personality. It didn't matter. Didn't matter. Everybody look at my daughter. All right. So let's get to your, uh, we are so on time here. Your first question is. Okay. Okay, more noise, so oh my house. goodness. That's your phone. Yes, I apologize. Okay. Would you rather be Sarah Smith? Would you rather be the best player on a horrible team or the worst player on a great team? I'd rather be the worst player on a great team. You know, that means that you've got good, you've got good sense. And they see something in you to allow you to be a part of that team. You know, I can be, even if I can't do it all, I can be a good cheerleader. Right. I can be a good support. I've, I've probably got some skills that somebody needs that the rest of the team doesn't have. Yes. So I can, you just want to be a contributor. Yes. To the sec, to the success, you know, come on, I'll be bad. I'll be the worst one. I can take it. <laughs> I can take it. Yeah, we're winning. You know, yeah. you the, the, the guy on the bench for the Lakers, when they take it again, oh. I say out loud, LeBron's yeah. going to get another ring and another seat. That guy who never hits on the, gets on the court unless they get on the last two minutes of the, after they're winning. Yeah. He's going home with the ring, isn't he? That's right. He is. He is. He's still part of that team that season, the- whether anybody remembers it or not. I was still part of that that team. Yeah, Yeah, there are a lot of uh, professional players uh, in any and all sports whose team. uh, Look at those six six wins that Brady won. Whoever was on that. Oh sure. They all got rings. That's right. Who were the top and got all the TV coverage, and they left retired. They never got a ring. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that I like that question. And and I don't think there's there's no judgment call in that question. That's right, right. Um, and so I'm not going to go into the, the answer to the other one. So this was fun. It was very informative. I knew when I asked you, it was just something. See, I see responsible adults, and I know who they are. That's my one of my gifts. Um, you would not have come on here if they if you were not. And I sometimes have parents that ask me, and I know their kids, and I say. Mm-mm. Yeah, you know, I have two that I that I care about, and I said I could never have you on my show, um, just because you're you don't fit the 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 criteria that right. I'm trying that I'm trying to show. But I love them madly. So to just do a real quick review, came from married parents, raised well by your dad, um, went for the caramel skin and the bow legs. Um, whoops, got them back the Whoops. <laughs> Kind enough and wise enough to not put you into another bad situation. You continued to go to school. You had your backs, your supporters who allowed you to get your education and raise your kid. Long comes along this other wonderful man who had all checked all the boxes. You looked at him, said, I want to marry this man. I'm going to have his kids. And what is it, 35 years later? 
Um, no, we're going to be on 50 in two years or three years. Yeah, we were married in 75. So, yeah. Wow. All right. 50 years later, you are with, you did good. I you did. Chose, good. You did. You chose well. And yeah. it can happen. It can happen. Um, and that's my buddy and I were talking about yesterday. Uh, marriage is a wonderful thing when you take the time. Um, because even as time goes on and you both grow at different times, you kept that communication open. And, and I love that you said, you both said, divorce is not an option. Yeah. And folks, how many of you out there has ever gotten married or gotten together and said, divorce is not an option. That gives you something to grow on and to, and to hold on to. So you've got, your, you've got an empty house. Do you have grandchildren now? I have one granddaughter, yeah. A granddaughter, your daughter or, or whichever child is now giving them those world lessons, worldly lessons that you provided. And I, as the host of Cozy Up With the Attention to Parent Edition, gets to say from the whole world, I speak for the whole world, and to say thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I, thank I, you, for you and your husband, thank you for me. Uh, doing your job of giving us in this world some other people that uh, cared, that provided caring children, they'll provide caring kids. It does follow. It good does. follows good. Unfortunately, bad follows bad. Hopefully, there'll be enough people that'll start watching the show, and hopefully, you'll share it and uh, find me some more guests, if you will, for some more. Okay. Time. And before we go on off, I'd like to also talk about my. I like doing this. What? <laughs> Uh, cozy up and pay attention. Um, Cozyisms, the art of paying attention, attention, self-published books on Amazon. Um, quick wit, entertaining, great art. I have two artists in this book, one artist in here. Um, one minors for the most part, for those of you who say you don't like to read, and I still say, don't say that out loud. Um, bathroom reading. Kitchen, I mean, living room, living room reading. Uh, it's affordable, and you'll get a lot out of it. So I thank you uh, if you would go to to uh, Amazon and purchase my books. Again, thank you. I will see you on the court soon. I'm still healing, but uh, I haven't paid in seven months. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So I'm now <laughs> off the court longer than I was on the court. So me and God are having this conversation. I need to get back out. And I've got folks who are calling and asking me when. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah Smith. Thank all of you and any of you that, that are watching today. And in conclusion, as we end this show every week, and I like to say, folks, sometimes when we know better, we do better. Amen. I'll see you next week. Thanks, Cozy.